Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Welcome to Breeders Syndicate, where we explore the history of a clandestine scene through the eyes of the folks who lived it. I'm Matthew, owner of Riot Seeds. I'll occasionally be joined by my co-host, Notso Dog, breeder and grower from Mendocino. Welcome to the underground. Yeah, I mean, I can say in a general sense, I just went on a, a mission looking for pockets of old things. Yeah, you and know? you found some pockets of old things. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. so people are going to be you know, and that's and it's kind of interesting too because it's like one of the one of the things about about weed that I find really interesting, and we'll talk about this as part of like the clone thing tonight, mm-hmm. is that how like brokers and the demand from the public dramatically changes what people grow. Yeah. Right. So in California or Oregon or Washington or these places that are like really sort of like in tune or can't sort of came about with medical or legal earlier, there was a lot more rapid change in, um, in what people grew because of what people demanded. Yeah. And so in some cases now, um, you know, you have to go and look for some of these, I don't want to call them backward states because that's rude, but like states that were slower to adopt, uh, you know, some of this stuff, which meant that people could grow things that were a lot older and they still worked really well for the crew that they were giving them to. Yeah, because there wasn't a lot of competition with the new new, as it were. There wasn't wasn't pressure to change. Yeah, exactly. Um, And really, you know, that it kind of ties into what we're talking about tonight because pressure to change and a desire to make your life easy and give the broker what they want um, is what kind of makes uh, old cuts disappear. Yeah. You know, that is it, it. And that's what we're seeing today. And we've talked about in the last few episodes. I mean, if you would have told me 10 years now. ago that uh, sour, real sour diesel could be kind of hard to acquire depending. Yeah. No one would believe it. Yeah. I, I'm actually shocked that lately today keep uh, people keep telling me that the forum cut of cookies is becoming hard to source, which well, blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I've mentioned this before, but um, every five or 10 years, weed re- reinvents itself. 
Yeah. I mean, Matt and I, Matt and I looked at it. I have a friend up here who got a, a freezer of somebody who I know everyone talks about freezer beans or whatever. Yeah. But uh, my friend got a freezer of, of old beans from people that was someone that was retiring and kind of getting out of the game. Right. Yeah. And instead of being like from the ancient 80s or SSSC or shit that people claim, it was almost all from 2008 to 2012. Yeah, it was a pretty cool era. I reached in, I reached out to Matt because I was busy having kids and doing a bunch of sit then. And that was sort of like really your prime time. Yeah. Right. When you were era. like really, really in tune with what was going on. Yeah. Had and it be. was, it was surprising to Matt and I looking over it, just how ancient a lot of those things were and how 99% of it was unavailable. Yeah. Even, especially the rascal stuff, like, at the time was really hot, selling really well, a lot of the fem stuff. He was uh, our main competition at the time, as it were, for fem stuff. And looking at it, I'm not, I, a lot of that stuff's hard to grab now, and it's great stuff. Yeah, a lot of it. And that's only from, you know, 14, 12, 14 years ago. Yeah, which doesn't seem that long to me. You it's know? not actually because that long. I, you know, it, uh, traumas are very current. <laughs> you know, yeah. it always feels current. Yeah. So that, that's what that's what's interesting is like you get back to 10, 12 years ago and, and it's almost impossible to find um, a lot of seed stock from then. And then you go back yeah. 10 more years and it's harder and you go back to the 90s and oh, my God, and you go yeah. back to the 80s and it's almost legends. Yeah. You know, which isn't really all that long, but the way prohibition works and the way the market works. So, you know, there's people there might be people in various states that are slow to adapt um, that have been rocking the same thing for 20, 25 years. Yeah. Because it's worked for them. Right. And the little customer base that they have that they, you know, that they give their access to is super stoked on it. Yeah. Um, and you, so you almost need those pockets. Um, you know, because like, you know, when we talked about the purple episode, every big grower I knew ran some kind of GDP, Urkel, Mendo P, um, you know, great yeah. something hybrid. Yeah. And then fast forward 10 years and like six people held onto it. Yep. How it goes. Out of hundreds, just in my little area. Yeah. You know? And, you know, there's someone that's talking right now about, oh, I'm sick. It has to be purple. You know, the purple craze was like, I would say it was like 03, 04, 05, maybe a little bit of 06. Mm -hmm. And then it went away for 15 years. Yeah, it went away for, for quite a while. 15, 18 years or something like that. And then... Now all of a sudden it's back and people are just as annoyed now as they were back then. Yeah. You know, um, although back then I would say one of the biggest things about the purple craze that I don't like uh, was it was really the first time where a lot of diversity got lost because people just wanted what the brokers wanted to buy. Yeah. And so they were growing all these different things and you know, um, and then all of a sudden people are like, well, I want purple. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A lot of beautiful, beautiful green, lovely strains went by the wayside for the, the Urkel days. Yeah. And then we're going to, we're going to talk about like old clones a lot today. And that was really one of the eras that, be, that kind of ushered in like the, everybody wants to grow the most popular thing at the time. Yeah. Because pre purple craze of like, you know, early two thousands, the amount of diversity that worked for the small and the medium market was pretty incredible. Yeah. If it was good weed, it probably sold. Unlike you know? today, unlike today where you do see a lot of really good weed go by the wayside for 
stuff that maybe we would all agree isn't as uh, what we would consider kind as some of the others. Oh, somebody just said, oh, six is when I first went to reggae on the river and the Custy kids had got purple. <laughs> got purple shirts on. I went to I went to reggae on the river from a I don't know probably like ninety five to oh three or oh four. I think oh three was like their their twenty year anniversary maybe or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, after going for ten years, I'd seen most of the acts I wanted to see, and it had gotten kind of a little hectic. Uh, yeah. I kind of felt like it was more like have a bunch of city kids show up on the river and hope nobody dies, kind of vibe. Can you imagine reggae on the river? in Bakersfield, how that would go. What that well, there's no like. river. There's a river here, but we didn't have, we had the Kern River here, which is big, but we didn't have that. We, what we had was called Reggae Fest. And it was just, I started playing those shows in about 06, cause we had the reggae band going on at the time, but it was very different than like the steel drum type reggae that a lot of people had. It was just phenomenal to see what Bakersfield offers in terms of reggae fans. It was, it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I never got say, to go to re reggae on the river myself. Up that's there. a, that's a tangent, it. but I will talk about it just a couple of times because when I was coming out here in the mid nineties as a Midwestern kid, yeah. um, reggae on the river has like two extremely clear memories where I really realized that like the Emerald Triangle in California was a different place than where I was from. Yeah. Um, there was there was dready kids walking around reggae in 95 96 I, back then it was still a two day it was still a two day weekend festival and yeah. it was a lot more locals that hadn't had like as many like city kids and stuff coming up from the bay yet yeah. but people were walking around with with five gallon buckets with spears in them and you could buy a spear like a, a spear of wheat a top oh oh i thought you meant spears no. to throw i'm like wow not like a, is... not like that kind of spear but i mean like for me, as like someone who comes from like a world where it all had to be hidden, oh yeah, yeah, walking up and down the lot with a bunch of stems sticking out of a top and pulling out an eighteen-inch top to sell—that's fucking awesome. That was pretty incredible. And like where where reggae used to be, it's like um, where the river is. You can like look up, and like the one hundred and one, the highway one hundred and one, is way up there, right? Yeah. And I remember I was like sitting in a in a seat on the riverbed, and I was pulling bongs. <laughs> And I looked up and there was a, a highway patrol looking right at me. Mm -hmm. And so coming from the Midwest, like if you make eye contact with a cop and you're doing drugs, like you're, it's not a good scene. Yeah, no. And he waved to me and then just went back to what he was doing. And I was like literally ready to like throw the bong in the river and run into the crowd. Yeah. Because that was like my training, like what I, you know, like you, it was time to run. Yeah. And he would just, he just gave me a wave and, and went back to what he was doing. And I was like, oh my God, you oh. know? There you are, you're back. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, I mean, those are, but those were like two seminal moments at Reggae on the River that for most people might not be that big of a deal, but it just showed like what, yeah. like how different it, how like there was a bubble that we lived in, you know? Yeah, that's, it was a, that's bubble. a trip. That was a bubble. So, so I, I went through and, and tonight we're going to be might be joined by someone. I'm not sure we talked about it, but as stoners will do, we just decided that uh, uh, we'll see if he shows up, you know, because, you know, plans are plans. And that's that's rough even for me. So we'll see if this person shows up. But um, I went through the Can of Bible three because I remembered that th there is a great list in here of the, the late 90s, early 2000s clones. Okay. Um, and 
I thought it would be fun to go through this list together. And, and there's some that I added in. There's some that I took out of their list because they really weren't that relevant in terms of anything. They just happened to be things that he was aware of that he threw in the middle. But um, we got it all together. He, Bryn even made it pretty with a, a, a fish. And uh, yeah, whenever you want to start going through it, we can start going through it. Uh, Jason, someone just asked, Jason is not the guest. No, I, um, I, no one's talked to him. I don't but, um, you know, who knows? You know, I used to be pretty good friends with him a long time ago. He would definitely be a character to have on one day. Um, yeah, for sure. In that regard, you know? Yeah, it would be very interesting to have uh, him on. He's super opinionated. I don't maybe he's mellowed in the last bit, but, uh, you know, he Those definitely books has- Those highly opinionated. He definitely, oh, and that's mellow. Uh, you yeah. know, he was super opinionated in person. Uh, some people, it drove him absolutely nuts. I can relate. I, I, I do that. I really liked him and I liked like his vibe and what he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. But it's hard because like when you're, when you're so certain about something and you don't leave room for other people's opinions, yeah. you can secretly offend a lot of people, sure. which Matt knows nothing about. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm very open. People. He's not, he's not, no. he's, he's not into that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, they, so just as a general sense, um, before we, before we, you know, dive into the list a little bit, um, I will say that, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, um, when there wasn't much weed, uh, most weeds sold. Yeah. Because it was better than Mexican. That yes. was sort of like the standard. Like if it was better than green or brown Mexican, it sold. Mm -hmm. And then as the thing matured and, and like, and, and, and fads and waves started happening, certain popular cuts started getting, you know, more in demand than others. Yeah. But there was this period, I would say, from the mid 90s to the mid 2000s that may have been the greatest diversity era we've seen. And that's where most of these cuts that Matt and I are going to talk about come from, because they came at a time when there was a lot of seed banks starting to operate uh, in Amsterdam. And there mm -hmm. was a lot of genetics starting to get traded around friends. And um, almost all good weed had a place. Yeah. And it hadn't really it hadn't really been like, oh, you, you don't have sour. I don't want to buy it. You don't have Urkel. I don't want to buy it. You don't have gelato. I don't want to buy it. That hadn't happened. So that meant a lot of people could grow what they liked, pick what they liked, and form a little vibe on it. Yeah. And I would honestly say that's probably all that stuff that we're about to chat about is probably the backbone of today. You know, I would also uh, put this in the era before OG Kush was readily available in seed for everyone. That's when I noticed a big change in whole collectives being just OG Kush. We want OG, OG or fucking nothing, you know? Um, yeah, this I mean, was you the were... era right before that was readily available for everyone. I, I remember, I remember uh, walking into a club in, in, the, in uh, LA yeah. and seeing literally, no exaggeration, like 25 different types of Kush. Yeah, yeah. And it like reminds based on it. And you're like, well, like that's all your, that's, that's the whole thing. Yeah, you know, like there's nothing else. Um, but you know, the reason why there's financial reasons that happened, uh, there's there was you know there's various economic indicators that push all those things. Yeah, you know, like when I first started coming out to uh, to Mendo, it was very very common to buy mixed phenos pounds. 
Yeah. It was all the same strain, right? But mm -hmm. they were, they, they would blend the different plants together. Yeah. It didn't have to be like, I have a 50 pack of just this one cut. That hadn't yeah. started yet. But then eventually it became, it had to be this one thing. Yep. And every time that's happened, even though the purples I love, the Urkel and the Mendo P and stuff like that are pretty close to my heart and I love Sour Diesel. Um, yeah. and, and most of the Sour Diesels that people argue about right now, whether they're real or not, are most of them are good smoke. Yeah. OG Kushes are excellent smoke. Uh, I'm not as big a fan of cookies, but uh, you know, um, like, you know, they're all good. Yeah. It, they just, they just came at a cost of everything else. A big cost, a yeah. big cost of everything else. So I don't know. I don't have the list in front of me. You have it in front of you. I don't know how yep. you want to keep it in some kind of entertaining format. All right. I will just start naming and then um, let me know if you, you Holy have any shit. memories. Somebody just said the AOTA. I don't, I'm not familiar with it. What's that? AOTA is A-O-T-A. Uh -huh. And it was all of the above. Okay. Uh, we used to rock the aota in the early 2000s. I don't know who mentioned it, um, but the aota was really tasty weed. So whoever cool. mentioned that, uh, super cool that you popped that up. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I didn't even know about. I don't think uh, I don't think I've seen the aota since probably oh I don't know I don't know when the last time I saw the oh, the the aota. But we had it in our crew. I don't I don't even remember where it came from, to yeah. be honest. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it was, it was good weed. It was, it was fruity and, uh, it was, it was really tasty. Okay. So I keep remembering little ones to add in as I'm going through this, but I'll start at the top. Afgui, which predictably was going to be one of them. Do you have experience oh. with the Afgu? Uh, you know, a lot of people liked the Afgui. Mm -hmm. I sort of thought it was blandish. You probably you know? smoked that nasty ass outdoor version. I mean, I don't know. You can talk about it then because I don't have the greatest memories of the Afgu. So I, it, it was spelled so many different ways. People would spell it like Afgahui, Afgui. Some people think that Gui is Afgui, uh, which goes from Gui Breeder. I don't know. I don't have enough experience with Gui Breeder's Gui. Uh, the Afgui I was familiar with was a more, I wouldn't say short, but yes, it was, it was more squatter than most uh, uh, plants you, people are used to dealing with. It had this beautiful, almost watermelon, blueberry type turp that was very hard to describe. And it was true breeding for it. Um, almost everything I crossed it to or that it was crossed in took on the Afgui smell. And I could see how people could get very overwhelmed by it because it's very distinctive. Um, you could also describe it as like cantaloupe berry. It, it, was, it was unique and I, I tended to love it. It would pass on beautiful resin traits. Uh, it had good potency, not the best yield, but um, I think overall, uh, it's one of my faves off this list. Oh, there you yeah. go. I was going to yeah. diss it slightly because I, I, I just saw a bunch of, of, low, of midi, midzy, before we called things mids, uh, mm -hmm. midzy outdoor. Yeah, and, and not, I, I would think it could be very midzy outdoor. I it was I not, the, it was not, I, I never saw the greatest examples, but then there you go, you know? Yeah. Um, how about, uh, I have no experience with real Albert Walker, but I did get the Dago fake Albert Walker. Do you, have you grown Albert Walker? I don't know that I grew the real Albert, Albert Walker, but I do think that was a pretty flavorful and potent cut. Yeah. I know I Fletch has a lot of familiarity with it. Fletch would be an excellent person to chat about the history of it. That's one that like none of, none, my, none of my old crew uh, or really had any access to it. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think there was one friend of mine that might've been growing it for a bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't too much. 
Okay, um, now this is one that a lot of people are familiar with from, um, oh, what the fuck, Dutch Flowers. Their work with it, the blue dot. Oh. So I the know there blue, was two. The blue dot, uh, I am familiar with that, that stuff. There was this guy, God, does he go by Crunch Bubble? Uh, he, there was a guy on the forums. You could probably search for him or whatever. And uh, the blue dot was one of the big strains that used to get pushed through, grown in Oakland a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was pushed through one of the early uh, dispensaries that we called the third floor. That's what it was, third floor. Third That's floor, right. which was a pretty famous dispensary back then in the East Bay. Um, a lot of people got their purple cuts from the third floor. They were very tied into my area to Humboldt and, and, and Mundo and stuff like that. They got a hold of like the, the granddaddy and the Urkel and stuff like that. And yeah, Crunch Bubble from IC Mag. He used to blow up tons of blue dot back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. It was a nice cut. I never ran it personally, but there, it was like, it was one of those like Bay Area specials. Yeah. Um, it really got rocked a lot. Um, I'm, and I think it was part of blowfish if i and remember he correctly. used to he that guy used to send it he had you know he had like 40 lighters or whatever and yeah you know, early warehouses with like do you remember like all the old like skinny rectangle sunlight hoods oh yeah you know with oh, like yeah. the with the single ended 600 watt hortilux hell yeah you know and like the trays and all that like that was like cutting edge at the time yeah um yeah. but you know he had he had some you know pretty good size scenes or whatever that and and there was like a huge demand for blue dot yeah. So uh, I don't have a bunch of personal experience growing it, but I mean, I would get bags of it on occasion going to the Bay. Um, and it was definitely like, it was a Bay Area classic, I yeah. would say, for a period of years. Yeah. Uh, someone just said, I do think that Green Crack is a pheno of Skunk One. Um, you know, I, at least it's it's heavily in there. Yeah. And put it that way. Yeah, I could see that, definitely. I mean, it, the mango... That loud mango turp, I, I usually associate with skunk one touch stuff as it is. Um, yeah. Blue motherfucking dream. Blue dream. So blue dream is one of those things that has a bad reputation. Yeah. Um, mostly because uh, anything that could get eight to 10 pounds at, you know, five, let's say five to 10 pounds, be a little bit more generous. Anything that could get five to 10 pounds outdoor reliably yeah. um got blown up in my neck of the woods and so if yeah. you to me if you grow blue dream in like a little pot and you get like a four to eight or ten ounce plant or something it's really flavy and really pretty wheat yeah but most people's opinion of blue dream is this giant outdoor sort of b-grade maybe poorly dried um you know rock hard buds the terps aren't really there um, but you know, it kind of got famous because, um, you know, people used to call it blue dream billionaire, right? Where back when yeah. weed was worth a lot, you could put out a 99 blue dreams and get 700 pounds. Yeah. That's, that was that's sweet shit. Yeah. So there's, it's, it's, there's this run with blue dream, green crack, even my Maui a little bit where, yeah. um, it's really big yielding. And then most people smoke the big yielding stuff and don't smoke like the little more carefully grown nicer versions yeah and so their memory of it is uh is just the big blown out crazy nugs that are b-grade so another thing that i remember with blue dream during that era 
was that a lot of people, when it first popped off, were growing one cut. There was one blue dream cut that was going around, and it was pretty, pretty well. Um, Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Passed out. Like, people, a lot of people had this cut, was being blown out of collectives, and it was pretty damn I mean, good for the time. It was very resinous, had good potency, good yield, um, didn't mold up too easy. None of, none of the stuff that, you know, would normally keep stuff down. But after that big, huge first push, seed lines were released, named Blue Dream by Emerald Triangle Seeds. I think HSO put out a Blue Dream. And those quickly, quickly were picked up and run. And those cuts were passed as Blue Dream. And the original cut was quickly drowned out by um, other blueberry haze type combos. And, and I, uh, I do think that that thing that Matt just described is actually a common thing that can happen to certain strains where a strain gets named something, uh, then it gets named and put into a seed line. And then there's all these phenos floating around that aren't the original cut that made it famous. Yes. Um, you know, so there was a bunch of different blue dreams. It was supposedly blueberry by, by some kind of haze. Mm -hmm. um, it was a super, the original cut was super silver haze, crusty DJ short blueberry. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, they, uh, but you know, like I said, if you grew, if you grew like a little six or seven ounce plant of that thing in your light depth or your greenhouse or your indoor, it was really nice weed. Yeah, it was, it was, I like it. I, I still like it. Um, our buddy Pack works with it currently. He did the Blue Dream train wreck hybrid for all of us older heads. That's like phenomenal and cool. <laughs> yeah, I okay. mean, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that, you know, uh, the first time I really showed my face on any of these things was when our buddy uh, CSI asked me to do an event that he was throwing up in Humboldt. And I went and I was on a panel with him and, um, uh, you know, Mean Gene and uh, uh -huh. uh, Kevin Jodry and just different folks, you know? Yeah. Um, and he talked about like, you know, Trainwreck for Northern Humboldt was one of like the first named yeah. cuts, you know, the wreck. Yeah. yeah. The wreck, you know? And yeah. so there's a lot of legends with the wreck because it was, uh, 
it was, you know, it was, I don't know if, I don't know if Santa Cruz original haze, that's a whole different movie. Uh, Blue yeah, Dream is yeah. super silver haze is a much, much uh, uh, changed child of haze. Yeah. I know? see. I think what select genetics two is referring to is again, there were several different seed lines, uh, unknown undisclosed haze. So most people would agree that, that Blue Hen from, um, God, what are they called? Kentucky see I can't remember off the top of my head but blue hen was the super silver haze 98 blueberry probably where it was selected from um, but it was also widely grown other than that under the name blue hen as well but the very first Santa Cruz cut of blue dream which still exists is a super silver haze cross that's and the one we're referring to yeah. specifically and it's tasty not everybody likes the high um, uh, yeah. and if you grow it too big it definitely is shitty but I think that's true of a lot of weed yeah. There's a sweet spot of yield and quality. Yeah, you know? bluegrass seed. There you go. Thank you, Cameron. Bluegrass so, seeds. Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a sweet spot. It's not all the same sweet spot with strains, but there's definitely a point of diminishing returns as you get bigger and bigger plants where it yeah. just doesn't give you as nice of weed. Yeah. You know. So next would be bubble gum. Ah. Oh. Bubble gum. I am I I did I had a lot of experience with a lot of other bubble gums in the seed line, but this this specific clone I didn't get until a few years ago, and I find it phenomenal. It's an amazing breeder. Uh, it's mold resistant. This specific cut that CSI and Pip and all those guys use came via 1995 from the cup. I believe it was bought the same year that it won the cup. So uh, that's that's what goes around. It's a serious. It's a selection from Serious Seeds bubble gum. The bummer and for me, it, it's that? a great breeder. Yeah. It's very frosty. Yeah. It's fairly potent. I wouldn't say yeah. it's up it there okay with like, it, yeah. I wouldn't say it's up there with the best of the best, but it's got, it's got a good little punch. Uh, the disappointing thing about it to me is that it smells very strongly of bubblegum terps. Yes. Um, but the flavor does not translate for me. It, not even a little bit. No. I don't, you don't get any, it doesn't, it smells like you're smelling big league chew. Yeah but it doesn't smell like you're chewing. It doesn't feel like you're chewing big leg chew when you smoke it. Yeah. But it's a great breeder. It's super consistent. It's one of the most mold resistant things out there. Um, it's a cool plant. Yeah. You know? um, Arrowhead Hemp Farms. Yes, Indiana is serious seeds. It is a serious seed selection, though a lot of people put the Indiana bubblegum as the mother of serious seeds that they use, but that's not the case. It was actually a selection from their uh, seed line. And if we want to go even back further, there's, you know, Adam Dunn has this whole thing about where it came from. Um, you know, Neville felt like they just stole it from working with him yeah. and renamed it. That it was, yeah. it was some big buds. It was some combination of stuff that he was already working on. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so there's, there's dispute over where, where, where it came from. Yeah. And that happens a lot where people try to obscure origins. Yeah, definitely. That's a, a common thing, you know. So, uh, all right. It, I but, see huh. Bull Rider in the comments. Everybody wants to hear Bull Rider. The, I, I hate to break it to you guys. Bull Rider was before my time. It was before my time. By the time I got to San Diego, Bull Rider was RIP, fucking nothing. The only thing you could find was Afghani Bull Rider, which there is no proof, evidence, anyway, that Afghani Bull Rider is related to the original Bull Rider. It's very different. Um, Old Betsy is said to be a sister, sister to the original Bull Rider. What's that? So we, we still have uh, old Betsy still exists and is still held and run by multiple friends and, yeah. and crew. Um, and it's supposed to be a sister of the original bull rider. I don't know that matter. I know anyone that has original bull rider that we believe. No. 
Um, not not but, that we're sure of. But old Betsy exists. And who knows? It could exist outside of our, our, our experience. It definitely could exist, but I haven't seen it. Um, a lot of people made uh, a lot of claims about it recently, but none hold up and most are um, based on the Afghan writer. Maybe I should say something just real quick. One time when I was in Chicago, uh, before I moved to California, I saw some bubble gum um, that they had bought from out there uh, and brought back and it had uh, hot pink hairs and was lime green um, and was super gorgeous. Uh, I never really saw it again. I only saw it a few times. Who knows who was growing it back then, but I did see a very cool version of it a long time ago uh, when Sirius first released it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that we, we went through Bull Rider, Bubblegum, Banana OG. Do you have any, I know you've grown Banana OG. Do you have any uh, memorable experiences with it? I do actually think that, you know, there are a lot of these things, especially in dessert and, uh, and fruit names now annoy the fuck out of me because they have no relation what they're marketing. Yeah. They have no relation to whatever they name them after. But I do think Banana OG does have a little bit of banana turp to it. Yes. You know, I, I will say that. I will say it's it does have, I get a banana sense when I smoked it. Uh, it's an odd OG. I don't really know what to make of it. Um, did Oregon Kid or somebody like that made it famous? It's not really my background on that one. So Banana OG came from a pack of OGers Kush, his original release of what he wanted to be the OG Kush seed line. Um, no, Chiquita Banana is not the original. I came way later and is a rename. Um, so he got it as uh, the OG Kush, the, the clone that he had. And he got, he selected a male from some, I think it was an indoor um, 60-40 from Sager Matha, which meant 60 Sativa, 40 Indica. I remember that line, yeah. Yeah, he popped those. And I've asked um, Tony from Sager Matha what it was, and he said it was just mm. something he bought in bulk from someone. Mm. He didn't know. It was just labeled 60-40, so he knew exactly what it was. So anyways, whatever was in the 60-40 kicked whatever would breed true for these banana turps. So he released OG's Kush, expecting it to be a good version of OG Kush, and that's where people found this beautiful clone that was very banana-like. And later on, you know, as people pop more seeds, more people found different clones they would call banana OG. There's a one that circulates right now that most people have is the same one, and it's very good. There's a few more that are more Laffy Taffy, like artificial banana type, and that's what you smell. Um, I've smelled one banana hybrid from um, uh, Pico, our buddy, and it smelled like fucking banana bread, like just dead on, like that banana cinnamon. It's one of the, the most amazing banana smelling things that I've ever smelled. So I'll, I'll throw in something that's uh, kind of related. Um, you know, before uh, there used to be in the in the 40s, 50s and 60s, um, the banana, the banana that everyone ate was a different banana, you know, that, that you eat than you eat now. Yeah. And it was destroyed by root fungus. Right. Yeah. It had a much different flavor than the current banana that everybody has grown up with. But mm -hmm. what's interesting is kind of how banana candy tastes a little different than you would expect it to taste like it's banana, but it like, it's kind of, you think of it as like candy, chemi banana. Yeah. Um, that flavor was, was developed off the first bananas that were commercially sold in America. Yeah. And they didn't change it. You know, it the Cavendish. Sense. Yep. Right there. <laughs> there you go. The yeah. Cavendish. The, the, so most banana candy is based on the flavor of the Cavendish banana not the modern banana that everybody is used to eating. And you know, I, I actually owe a great deal of my career to the banana OG and some of Oregon kids stuff. 
and uh, Tony from Sacred Mathis stuff. It still lives on today in a lot of strains that I work with and that others work with. So Banana OG is the shit, I think. I like it. Though I will say in a lot of outcrosses, depending on what you cross it to, there are phenos that are just straight cardboard and they're hard to dodge. Um, but that clone stands the test of time, I think, for sure. It's a it's a good one. It kind of got buried a little bit and it got lost amongst other things, but it's it's a it's a cool unique turp and it had a nice buzz. Yeah. So, you know. Here's a fun one that that probably is is actually several different different clones or seed lines. Okay, hold on one second. Oh, you, these guys are correct actually. The Cavendish replaced the I was off the top of my head. They're talking about which banana cultivars existed and I got it reversed. Um, okay. So the Cavendish was the first and, and the, uh, the Cavendish is now, and it replaced this thing. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was like gross Macau or something like that. So, anyway. um, yeah, someone keeps asking about the Chiquita. That was the Chiquita banana was uh, popped from the platinum banana OG Kush, which was a hybrid of Bubba Kush something in banana OG. And it came, I mean, that was so much later because it was from my work and it was later ver like, seven years after I made the platinum banana OG and my work was so much later after Oregon kid did. So no, it's, it, they're very different, but, um, the Chiquita banana is based on if it has a lot more in it. Okay. What's so, next? Cat piss. Again, many, many different clones. I think I saw several in San Diego called cat piss that were very different from each other. Some, I didn't smell any cat piss in some people did. What's your experience? Uh, well, I'll say a couple things. Uh, one is that, you know, I think that it's one of those aspects of smell that people relate stuff to. So I yeah. think it's like, I think it's like a, I think it's like how some people perceive certain kinds of terpenaline. Yeah. Right. Um, and since terpenaline is kind of a common aroma that pops up, I think there's more than one cat piss. Uh, and I do believe we're going to have a uh, Shaw on the, on the program yeah, next here. Week. In, in the next couple of weeks week. yeah. and so we could probably save the deep dive into cat piss for him because yeah. that is one of his specialties and he knows an enormous amount about the history and he's tried all the different ones there was a san diego cat piss there was a pittsburgh cat piss um there was different types yeah um you know but uh you know so there was there was a few different names yeah, one second. I'm bringing in someone if you want to see how he's doing. All right. What is Cheetah Piss? Who fucking knows? Cheetah <laughs> Piss is so, other than having the name Piss in it, um, you know, that's marketing. That's like yeah. the Cookie team coming up with marketing names. Cookie never really has any names that tie to what this strain is actually like. Yeah. Um, they definitely have a team of marketing people deciding what to call things yeah, and what I kind of so. art goes with it and what the packaging is going to look like and what the mylars are going to be. Um, so they're a very new school type of approach to naming strains. So oh, it's, all, it's all good, Gene. You can text if you, so, if you have time. Uh, what's next? Um, someone asked if any SSH smells like cat piss. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's a great example of terpenaline I have, cat pissy smells. I have argued if you go and read like a bunch of Neville's uh, old posts on hazes. He'll talk about when you inbreed haze, all you get is a bunch of cat piss. Yes. And when we inbreed haze, all we get is a bunch of terpenaline. And yes. as any breeder will tell you, once terpenaline becomes the dominant smell in your strain, boy, is it hard to get 
other smells to pop up. Yeah. You know, it, it is very, very, very dominant. You yeah. know, now there's different terpenolines. They're not all the same. Some are sweet, some are astringent, you know, some are this yeah. or that or whatever. There's definitely a range in terpenoline there. But, um, but yeah, I, when I, whenever Neville talks about cat piss, I think of, of terpenoline. Yeah. I, and I do too. I mean, I, I know there's Afghanis that are acrid and ammonia type. And that's what I used to think of when people would say pissy, I would think of the acrid ammonia ureic type smells, but um, I think a lot of people think of terpinoline. And I just, my nose does not pick up that piss scent from terpinoline. And then like when I'm you, sure. you know, the other part of it is like, once you, when you grow or you smoke C5 or something like that, and it's just a terpinoline monster. Yeah. And he refers to it as very cat pissy. Yeah. Then obviously that's what his mind goes to. Yeah. You know, so. Okay, um, next, the cheese. The cheese. So the cheese has a pretty cool story. Yeah. It might be the oldest skunk one pheno that's spread around. Yeah. It's supposed to be from the late 80s. That's uh, right. It's, it's supposed to be popped by sort of like a bunch of, would you call them punk anarchist squatters? Supposed to be. I don't know much about the crew. I thought they were supposed to be ravers or some electronic Same thing. Shits. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, when anarchists, you know, like punks, ravers, uh, underground weirdos listening to unpopular music, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, type of thing. But skunk, but it was a, a pheno of skunk one, and most skunk one uh, is citrus or floral, uh, sometimes grape, uh, yeah. never skunk. And the rarest would be probably the kind of a funky cheese yeah. off aroma. Yeah. And so there's a sister of it supposedly called psychosis. Yeah. Which is not nearly as circulated. Uh, you know, the English are all big on it because it's one of the few things that actually originated from their island. Yeah. And so they have the, the blues livers, psychosis. And there's another one too that they always used to talk about. And, and I really, I'd love to grow them one day, but I have never been... Um, where I could get it from a, from a source with provenance. I've only gotten it from like seed lines or, you know. And it's one of those hands. cuts that different people give different names to, like the bright side cut or the this yeah, cut yeah. or the that yeah. cut, you know, that kind of thing. But it's basically, it's basically a classic skunk one. Yes. Yeah. You know? Um, the other thing I, I will say about it is I learned a lot from that cut. A huge amount from that fucking cut. I learned that it was one of those cuts that like early on growing it, it was really foot funky cheese for me. So as I got it later and it was fruity and sweet, I was like, no way, this is a, this is a fucking fake cut. Fuck this thing. This is not what I remember. And it was one of those cuts that really taught me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cuts People are, are talking very... suicide cut. There's yeah. like any, like a lot of old famous strains. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use a different example. I mean, in my lifetime, I've watched the chem dog get called chem dog. We shortened mm -hmm. it to dog. Uh, mm -hmm. Our buddy came online and it became the skunk VA cut. It got called the chem 91. Um, you know, different cuts that are the same. The same cut can get different nicknames and different, different things over time with different crews. Yeah. You know, Exodus, Suicide, Brightside, you know, all these different things. Um, they're all, you know, there's like there was like a small little family that came out of this late 80s English scene, mm -hmm. you know, so um, and, you know, it's 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 skunk one. 
it breeds really well for calyx, you know, cal you know, better, it improves leafiness, makes less leafiness, makes long running colas. It's mildly potent, I would say. I'd say most cheap, most skunks are in like the mid teens in terms yeah. of, in terms of THC, you know, gets big, a little metallic, maybe, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, Someone mentioned one that we actually, I, I should have put on the list, but I didn't. And that's Blackberry. Do you, did you ever have any experience with Blackberry up there? Not Blackberry Kush, but just Blackberry. Uh, we had more with Blackberry Kush, although I always thought it was just Blackberry and people added Kush to it because at the time, all these brokers wanted Kush. So it's like, yeah. here's your purple Kush. Yeah. Um, the original Blackberry was a lot different from the, the Blackberry Kush. The Blackberry Kush was a white rhino bubba hybrid from Oregon Kid. Um, the original Blackberry was from um, a dude named Soma Blaze, if I remember correctly, Scott Soma Blaze. And he ended up passing away. Um, Naboo ended up kind of carrying on the torch of it. And, you know, there were a lot of beautiful pictures. I think in one of these can of Bibles, if I can pull it up super fast, has a beautiful picture of it. Uh, there's a real famous picture of it inside of a jar of um, like Blackberry preserves uh, that, that was really famous of it. Um, at the time, was, there wasn't a lot of colored weed, so it stood out very yeah. much so. And, yeah. and it, was, it was used a lot in a lot of the hybrids that were famous from that point on um, because it bred true for whatever its purple traits were. Um, for a long time, it, you know, people thought it was different from the Mendo perps, but I think later on people realized that there was a good chance it was a, a, a bag seed for Mendo perps. And I think that's kind of where we're at with. Oh today. man! If Nebu had a voodoo doll right now, you'd be getting I know, stabbed in the jungular vein. On he would. That one. He would. He uh, definitely he would. He would be really upset. But it does seem like the timeline uh, is is correct. Yes. You know, is. the one thing I'll say about the blackberry, whether it was blackberry or blackberry Kush, mm -hmm. um, both of them were pretty weak potency wise. Yeah, hella midzy, fam. Hella midzy. I don't. I, w I wouldn't say midzy, but not potent. It, no, I yeah, I, it was very hard to get high from that stuff. You know, if that was if, if that was the only thing in your jar, you better have a light potency, a light yeah. tolerance, I should say, if you want to get anywhere on it. For me, yeah, you know, yeah, for, for me too, and and yeah, blackberry kush especially, I had a very hard time. It was beautiful too because it was super resinous, and it was one of those things that I always put in my head as like that was some beautiful looking weed, and when you pick it up, you see all that resin. It was the it was the it was the shit that taught me pretty fucking frosty weed doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get fucked up for me yeah. uh blackberry kush was the kind of thing that brokers would come up here and freak out on and buy a shit ton of yeah once yeah once yeah and then they wouldn't they wouldn't move it they were like no i got way too many complaints it was yeah. too like people want to get high and some people are comparing it to purple punch but um Purple Punch has, I think, personally, great terps, and I would say Blackberry Kush really was not on the great terp range. No, and we yeah. didn't even call. There was no terps then. That was even. That was even before most uh, the the revolution of hashish that happened again with all the nails and all that. So it yeah. never got the. It never really got the. I don't know. It was it was bumped in Mendo for a time, but yeah, you know, whatever. Okay, here's your 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 favorite, Cam Dog. I think we started covering some of it. So go ahead. The Chem dog. dog, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, uh, it's one of those things where it's been talked about tons by various people, myself, uh, our buddy skunk VA and all that. 
Um, I would say that the best thing you could say about Chemdog is that it is, it's got rare potency, mm -hmm. uh, very rare potency. And the potency yeah. tends to be dominant and translate into lots of hybrids that you make with it. So it makes up for being, and strangely, it doesn't look very resinous. Uh, it's yeah. not very pretty. It sort of looks to me like ancient, um, it's, you know, it's like some kind of ancient ugly Afghan. Yeah, I think it's hideous. And in like, I see the Skunky A, Crazy Composer, those two can make that shit look so pretty. I, I, I don't know how they do it, but most grows. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's like even my grows of it I see. It is just cannibalizing its own leaves. Oh, it does. That, I mean, that, that act. Yeah. My sour does the same thing as that. And that's kind of why I think. But they, um, there's an aspect to that where a lot of, I'll say this, and this might piss some people off or whatever, but uh, there's a lot of people that are taking, we would always take the, the, the dog to like, say, 10 weeks. Yeah. Right. And that's when we kind of somewhere between 65 and 72 or 73 days, depending on how long you could let it rock, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it would test somewhere between, you know, 18 and 22 or 23% then, but it knocked yeah. your head off. Yeah. And then when all this testing bullshit came into effect, they realized that that was too low. Yeah. And so some people started cutting it at like 53, 54 days and you can see white hairs all over it but it'll test at 29%. Yeah. And then, so the grower gets to grow it quicker and turn it quicker. And then the dispensary is happy because it gets to put this high THC label on it. And a lot of people end up on the legal market these days buying premature chem dog, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't care what it tests that. I care what it does to my head. Yeah, yeah. So It, it would be nice if it had flavor too, that helps. Sometimes, um, this is what I'll say, sometimes, and this is just my personal opinion, sometimes Chemdog has amazing flavor. Yeah. Really deep flavor that I love, and I can smell it in the weed, and it can, and that smell translates. And, like, I grow Chemdog all the time, and maybe one or two rips a year, it gives me that flavor. Yeah. 
And I have tried a million different ways to figure out whether it's heat, whether it's newt, whether it's this, whether it's that. I've grown it salt. I've grown it organic. I've grown it every which way you can imagine. Yeah. And it's just finicky. Sometimes it gives me the flav. Sometimes uh, the potency is almost always there. Yeah. It's, it, it, the potency and the high is pretty, is pretty standard. Yeah. The you closest know? I've seen of that chirp extreme was from, and I always talk about this, but like, it, I've, like I didn't get the love for Chem 91 or, you know, or the dog, as you guys called it, until I smoked a Chem 91 hybrid that he had made that was very Chem 91 dominant in the turf, but it was just turned to a 10. I imagine it's probably how Chem 91 was when you guys first started growing it. And um, I understood the love for it after that because that, that turf profile is fucking nice and it's very unique. I've never smelled yeah, it, anything close to it. It, uh, it. It's in there. It's just yeah. hard to coax out. And it does do this thing where you can grow it perfectly organic or chem, whatever, you know, uh, whatever yeah. you want to do. And a lot of the times it'll get this leaf rust and it'll start cannibalizing its leaves and it'll start dying. It'll start looking like shit. Yeah. Um, uh, the bud itself usually stays perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, it's rough. I see, I see a lot of those endless white pistols on it too. Just like, no matter what people do, it just will keep throwing white or stigma. So I'll throw, I'll throw out something interesting. When you used to grow it under like Hortolox or your standard, whatever, yeah, it would take 80, it would take 70, like I said, 68, 72 days, something like that, right? Yeah. I grew a bunch of my favorite head stash under pure ceramic metal halides, like a blend yeah. of the 31 and the 42. Mm -hmm. And the dog shit got done two weeks earlier. Yeah. And I pulled the chem, the chem 91 at 87 days and it still had white hairs all over it. Yeah. So it did this weird thing where the spectrum made the sativa finish two weeks faster than I'm used to. Yeah. And then made the dog go two and a half weeks longer than I've ever seen it. And it still wasn't done. That's super weird. So who the fuck knows why that is, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been growing it since 1998. It's one of my favorite strains. So I usually have one or two at least going for head. Yeah. So I've grown it a lot. Okay, you know? next up, your second favorite, maybe. Chem D. Chem D? Yeah. Uh, Chem, D, Chem D is cool, you know? Uh, Chem D has a different high than Chem 91. It's prettier. It's frostier. <laughs> Much uh, prettier. It smells, people call it, you know, I don't know what you call it, roadkill or dead bodies or some kind of, like, decrepit funk. I, I, I always refer to it as, like, bad breath to me. But what's weird about it, is that I can crack a jar six feet away from someone and they'll be like, who's got the skunk? Yeah. But I've then also you get... smelled baby shit come out of it, like pure putrid baby shit. But then so you... it has a lot of expressions. Yeah, but then you get close to it and you can't smell that skunk. Yes. You just smell the putrid. Yes. Correct. You know? Um, and I think I think it's a I think it's a I think it's a hybrid, honestly, of this might get me in trouble, but I think it's a hybrid of Chem ninety one and uh, super skunk. Yes. Um, and I think the super skunk gives it its frost and its color. It even herms kind of like the super skunk did. Yeah. Um, and like I said, uh, the chem 91 throws that crazy potency. Yeah. Um, so it's a short squat Afghan. I would also say that uh, there's three or four fakes that float around. Yes. Um, and those fakes tended to get uh, trade baited a lot yes. more than the original cut. So Matt was talking about how certain cuts got buried by the wave of what came after. Yes. Lots and lots of people have fake chem D. Everybody wanted D, but not everybody had access to D. But there was always a bunch of people willing to, to, to pass around 
fake versions of it for a little bit of chinga, you know? So Well, and there's this thing too, where it's like, when I say trade baiting, what Matt and I mean when we talk about trade baiting is some people would go after cuts just to get certain things to be able to trade them for other things. Yes. So like there was people like myself or Skunk VA or others that held on to the, the Chem D and had them. And there's different people that had it and they held it kind of tight. And then there were some people that got it just so they could use that cut to unlock a bunch of other cuts they wanted to get access to. Yes. So they spread out and it just so happened that they got some fakes and even like some pretty reputable people that like are supposed to know a bunch got fakes. Yeah. So it was, it was out there. There was a yeah. bunch, there's a bunch of people and it can be really hard to tell in the bag what, you know, they look very okay. similar side by side grows usually show you. And to me, the real D like it has a potency and a flavor. The other ones don't. Yeah. So there you go on that one. I yeah, have no I idea. Someone just said, I have no idea if the GMO was made with the real chem. I mean, GMO was made in Spain, I think. So I'm very doubtful that it was used. It's a real great chem. GMO is a great cut on its own. So yeah, it is just kind of irrelevant in the sense that it works good. It yields good. It smokes good. It washes good. So, you know, it's a good cut. Yeah. Um, and I, I always like when I categorize it in my head, I always refer to like the Chem D. I remember it as the more cushy looking one by its nature, how it stacks and everything. And the Chem 2, I always remember as the most cushy of the bunch. It was more like little tiny nugs looking if, all. If I'm cushy. being real, I think there's there's Chem 91 in both Sour Diesel and in Chem D. Yeah. And Chem D is sort of like a squat Afghan version. Mm -hmm. And sours are sort of like a tall, lanky Colombian uh, skunk type version. Yeah, that's my that's my view. Okay, chem dog number four. Chem dog number four is cool. Uh, it's probably the most widely circulated chem. Yeah, uh, I would say. I didn't uh, see a lot of fake cuts ever pop up. Of there's not four, really fake cuts. It yields yeah. like a champ. Um, and uh, it it reminds me a lot of NL5 Haze. Yes. Um, our buddy Pip, who we joke loves to take everything 12 weeks, no matter how long it's supposed to take. Yes. Um, I had him take a really nice nug of Chem 4 and put it on top of ne a picture of Neville's 1989 NL5 Haze. Mm -hmm. I have it on my phone. I can't, you know, and, but it's like, it really is a dead ringer. Yeah. Um, and I, if I smoke enough Chem D, or a Chem 4, I get like a raciness in my chest. Yeah. It has long running buds. It's much taller. Uh, the only thing I'll say about it is that uh, it takes probably 12 weeks. And a lot of people cut it at 10. Yeah. I think a lot of people were cutting it at 8 to 9, like yeah, in California. So, so there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of Chem D that doesn't make the cut. Um, because most people don't want to take it that full 12 weeks. <laughs> I like that quote, the blue dream of gas. Yes. Yeah. But is. if you, if you take, if you take the chem for 84 days or something like that and you grow it nice, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. And I would say no chem four is probably one of the furthest from the original. Um, it looks nothing. Eye. It looks nothing like, uh, the, the chem 91. Actually chem one is probably the furthest from the original, but chem four definitely is very far from it. Indeed. Yeah. Um, uh let's see I, we don't have to do the chem sister s1 specifically let's do um we can do the chem sis real quick okay go ahead uh the chem sis is dead yes um it exists in a couple of s1s mm -hmm. one of them is called the bundy cut yeah uh, one of them got traded as chem d all over the place 
mm -hmm. uh, mislabeled. My buddy that I always call Staten Island uh, confirmed that Greg had both the cis and the dog in the early 90s. Yeah. And he chose not to bring the cis west because he didn't like the high and it was ugly as shit. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's good history on it. You know? Um, uh, Cherry Slider. Do you have any experience with Cherry Slider? No, it, I have no history It came from a dude named one. Skitty. Um, it was it was from the, the early boards. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of it, very leafy. Somebody uh, just asked, what is the Chemsys Skunk VA uses? I think he uses the Bundy Cut, which is a Chemsys S1. Yeah. Uh, I talked to Greg about the Chemsys because it since it never came west uh, with mm -hmm. my buddy, I never really had a bunch of uh, access to it or anything. And he told me as far as he knew, the original was dead and there was only some bag seeds that existed. Yeah. So be that as it may. All right. Um, you ever fuck with Chocolate Trip? Nope. Nope. Okay. That was a Dutch Flowers cut. Um, the one I grew is the one a lot of people grew and I thought it was like a C99. Probably, but no one's ever said that. Like, I've never talked to anybody about it. So maybe I'm just fucking stupid. One thing I'll say about Dutch flowers mm -hmm. is that I've always, I've always, I've said a bunch on this show that I thought that weed wasn't ready for modern day marketing techniques. Yeah. Because we're a bunch of like half autistic weirdos that hide out with plants. But, um, you know, Dutch flowers in the forum days, they wrote beautiful ad copy. Oh, the best. The I best. mean, you would read their metal haze or their chocolate trip mm -hmm. or their this or that, and you'd read it, and they would get people so hyped for their drop, just paragraph upon paragraph of gorgeous writing about what the weed was like. Yep. And people would get so fucking excited about every single Dutch flowers drop. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it, yeah, they, they, they did well with, let's get a professional ad guy in here and evoke some language. Yeah. They use language very well. They sure did. Um, I collected their stuff heavily. And even after I found out, like by growing a bunch of it, that it was really... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was either just stuff renamed or just not very interesting you know um 
people still, are asking questions real quick that, that are going way too fast. So yeah. I'm apologize if, if your question doesn't get picked up because we're trying to chat and whatnot. Um, but I will say someone just mentioned pot of gold. Pot of gold was a uh, um, pot of gold and uh, was was one of my favorite, probably my favorite thing that came from uh, the Flying Dutchman. And it was a Hindu Kush by Skunk One. Yeah, it was a very, very flavorful strain. I liked it a whole bunch. They also had this other thing called the Real McCoy, which was mm -hmm. a Hawaiian by Skunk. I don't know, they might be on the list, but there's a it was a, a Hawaiian by Skunk One that was also super good. Um, I liked both of those a bunch. And then the final good question I thought was gravity from Neville. Mm -hmm. um, we think, although we're not sure, it seems like gravity is unreleased versions of Black Domino. Uh, so Black Domino was a, a Sensi release. It was um, Hash Plant by NL1 by uh, Garlic. Yeah. But he had a few different versions that he made before he released it. And I think Gravity is one of the two unreleased versions. Uh, yes, Metal Haze is one of the Dutch Flowers ones as well. Uh, that was yeah. just basically a Skunk Haze. And it was definitely one of the ones that they got people drooling over releasing it. I grew a bunch of that one as well, but we are going in motherfucking alphabetical order. All right, fuck. I'm fucking it up, so whatever. You goddamn pendejos. So, um, uh, let's see, um, cotton candy. Cotton, cotton candy. candy. Did you ever grow a cotton candy cut? I did grow a cotton candy. I wish I knew more about it. Yeah. Um, and I actually recently grew a cotton candy S1 through my, my, my buddy uh, who lives near me that I've traded back and forth with for forever. I don't yeah. know anything about the lineage or the backstory of it, um, but I did like it. It was Federation Seeds. Cotton Candy was the one that I was familiar with. And like most stuff from Federation, there's um, a lot of accusations of name re renaming, whatnot. So I'm not sure what it really is, but I, I've always been a big fan of it. You know, I liked Cotton Candy. I think that it'll make a comeback one day just because it's of its name and its uh, structure. It had a good modern look to it. Yeah, somebody just threw in, uh uh sensi star genetics um luke from paradise seeds is sensi star sensi star is an amazing line he refuses to talk any lineage or history that i'm aware of about specifics uh, of sensi star uh matt myself our buddy pip others have been hunting forever for real information uh don't know yeah yeah i i've tried recently with luke and and I highly respect Luke. Like he's one of the most respected um, actual breeders over in Amsterdam by other seed makers and breeders. He, he's a very serious breeder, but he came from a different era where a lot of people stole his, his genetics, but he would give out testers. People would release it before he even released it. So uh, yeah. I would say a lot of the um, people like uh, Simon from Serious Seeds, Luke, yeah. uh, others, they didn't see any benefit in giving out lineage that their competitors would just steal and claim to have the same thing. So mm -hmm. Neville was extremely open about what he used and where he got it. And every other Dutch person after that was tight lipped as fuck. Yeah. I would yeah. say that's probably accurate, right? Yeah. That's super accurate. Yeah. They got, they got very tight lipped. They saw no benefit to revealing what it was made of. It mm -hmm. was all their secret sauce. They didn't want anybody stealing the genetics. And they didn't even want anybody writing similar genetics on their own packaging. Yeah. So they just kept quiet about it. So I don't, we don't know what Sensi Star is. We don't know what AK is. We don't know what Cali Mist is. We just don't. 
Yeah. Um, Cough uh, is something that we have a really good friend of ours on the Discord um, that is probably more suited to talk cough history than us. Uh, but cough is very likely an NL5 Hayes Pheno. It came out of Connecticut in the early 90s and it made its way to Colorado. Most people refer to it as the Fort Collins cough, mm-hmm. but it did start on the East Coast. Um, it's uh, it's an NL5, to me, it's an, N- it's, it's an NL5 Hayes. Yeah. It grows like it, it smokes like it, it's got the buzz like it. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those, you know, it's one of the surviving NL5 Hayes Phenos in America. Um, there was cough one and cough two, which were hybrids of that, which have their own sort of story behind them. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be good. Maybe we'll have him on one day to promote. He breeds and does cool shit. And he's a good friend of ours and he knows a lot of the story. But that's yeah, the big. He just, he just did a, um, an interview with Dude Grow Shows, a working man, where he gives the whole history that he knows of the cough if people want to watch it. It was just recently uploaded. And he's a trustworthy character and he's had it for 20 plus years. And, yeah. you know, he knows most of the people involved that brought it to Colorado. So, you know, um, it's yeah. a great cut. It's one of the survive. It's, I would say, I've, I've said this before too, but NL5 Hayes probably has the most surviving cuts around of any 90s cross. Yeah, I and would say so. That between Europe and here. Um, and that's one of them. Yep. So it's a great cut. Yields huge. Takes a while. Takes 12, 13 weeks. You know, but there you go. Um. Dabney Blue. Did Dabney Blue ever run up in your area? It was it was big in San Diego and it was big in SoCal. But yeah, that's something there. I know. Like my my knowledge might even be negative. Yeah, it's it's it was an awesome cut. Very frosty. It had a blueberry muffin type turf. Very. It was pot- more potent than most of the blueberries that were around. So yeah, um, it's about all there is on it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Somebody's asking about Big Sur Holy Weed. Holy Jesus. Oh yeah, I guess we didn't we didn't cover Big Sur Holyweed. We could do Big Sur Holyweed. That's that's so I got a couple of things. Uh, Big Sur Holyweed has a lot of uh, there's a lot of legends behind it. It was supposedly grown by monks in Central California. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that my my buddy who gave me both the Super Skunk and the Chem, it was his favorite weed that he could get on Dead Tour. And supposedly okay. there was Big Sur Holy Skunk and Big Sur Holy Haze. Oh, interesting. And both were sold on Dead Tour. And he swears that Big Sir Holy had such a unique smell that you could have somebody walk by. And that, that was like the fanny pack era, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have somebody walk by. And not only could you tell that they had good weed, you could tell that they had the Big Sir Holy. Yeah. Um, and then there's, a guy, there's some guys, obviously, that brought some seeds and some stuff that have some legend uh, to it that brought it to maybe Adam Dunn or somebody like that. And they had that supposedly they mixed it into Sage. Um, but that's, you know, it's one yeah, of Adam those. Adam Dunn didn't make Sage, but so he wouldn't have been the one. I, I, can, I can never pronounce this, but it's supposedly descended maybe from purple. Oh, the Zihuatanejo purple. Yeah. yeah. And, and they also refer to it as Zacatecas purple because Zacatecas is a Z and easier to pronounce. But yeah, it was the Zihuatanejo purple. That's so the, the hooked surf. on phonics truck never stopped by my house. So I just let <laughs> Matt take that one because I was going to mangle it bad uh, if I yeah. tried to say it. But there's a bunch of rumors about it. It's a legendary strain. One of my mm-hmm. oldest friends, uh, it was his favorite weed on Dead Tour. 
and it was yeah. sold on dead tour two different types yeah so. it, it, yeah yeah uh, i i don't know what's been proven about it what it hasn't been proven about it um i know that that's supposedly one of the key ingredients in sensi star um that was from a direct quote from adam dunn but take it for what it is um yeah, you know, and there's the Dan people book. are asking a bunch of questions and stuff like that. And we're trying to go through this stuff. So, you know, there's there's good questions. We're not going to get to them all, which I apologize. Yeah, um, this, I mean, we're trying to do this in alphabetical order or some kind of order. So if you guys are asking for shit down in the S's, it'll be a while because yeah, this is looking like it'll be a few parter. Yeah, so, the W's, yeah, bear so with you're us. fucked right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm determined to keep this in some kind of fucking order. Okay, Day Record Diesel. Uh, you know, I, um, that one has a lot of legend to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think because it has a lot of legend and not a lot of like, in, like information, sure. there's a lot of claims made about it. Yeah. Like some people refer to the day wrecker as the first real headband. Yeah. Although the original crew that had the first headband never called it that at all. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, Diesel is one of the most famous American families. Yeah. And there's a lot of nicknames that get attached to it. I've never ran anything that I thought was Day Record Diesel that had any kind of um, any kind of verifiable story. Yeah, I, I, I've done a deep dive and it's actually on the Breeder Syndicate YouTube. I believe it's up there and you can watch it up there. I recently made it available. Um, I did a deep dive on trying to do uh, research provenance based on internet research on the day record diesel and i got not very far it doesn't go back very far but the clone's been around a long time so it's really hard to find things other than like some some tour manager from grateful dead kind of gave it out to some people and that's likely where the where it begins the story mm -hmm. but um it, it does appear to be some kind of chem 91 hybrid to me like chem 91 early og type hybrid um super not it's really potent it's ripping potent and breeds for that potency. I love the cut, but I just don't know if it's the original diesel like it claims. Probably not. What's the next one? Uh, we got dog shit electric boogaloo. Ooh, I know. So okay, so uh, the dog shit electric boogaloo it was it. It came out of Minneapolis area, Minnesota, in the very early '90s. It's supposed to be a NL5 haze. I wouldn't say that's a hundred percent guaranteed. It's conjecture a little bit, but boy, does it really, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, it made its way to uh, Oregon and got renamed dog shit, which is a shame um, because it was, uh, uh, I think electric boogaloo is one of the coolest weed names. Yeah, it is. Um, I grow it. I like it a bunch. It's uh, um you know, it's a 12 or 13 week uh, sativa, very up high. Uh, and it kind of looks like to me like classic 90s Northern Lights. Uh, it kind of smells like classic 90s weed to me. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's one of the pretty, if it, if it is pure NL5 haze, it's one of the prettier ones as yeah. far as like visually attractive. Uh, Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I've had it for a while. I love it. Yeah. It's a great cut. Great buzz. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend the hybrids that come from it. If you can get it, or get hybrids of it, uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. So this is one that's totally, I have no experience with at all, but you might, Dumpster? Dumpster. Uh, Dumpster is uh, supposedly the story of Dumpster is that a guy got busted, right? And the cops in the 90s were throwing all of his equipment and his weed out in a dumpster. And while they were upstairs fucking with it, some people walked by and saw weed plants uh, sticking out of the dumpster and grabbed one and ran off with it. And they named it Dumpster. Yeah. Likely story. So, <laughs> I mean, it might be real. Who knows? That's the story behind it. Yeah. Whether or not that story is true or whether it's a tale or whatever, um, that doesn't give you a lot of information about its lineage. Yeah. Obviously. But, you know. Yeah. Um, G13, we did just a few weeks ago with Archive. We just uploaded it. We went into more detail on it. So we can skip over that one for now. Um, the Golden Fucking Goat. I'll let you talk about the Golden Goat. Yeah. Um, it was made by uh, Jeff, Mr. Dank from Colorado, if I'm correct. There was a, a sister cut, I believe. There, uh, I can't remember its name. The Funky Bitch or something like that. Um, I think it was a... ISS Romulan Island Sweet Skunk and Island Sweet Skunk was a rename of something else from somewhere else. Island um, Sweet Skunk is supposedly an NL5 Haze Fino. Really? Yep, yep 100%. Okay. Um, I know multiple Canadians that have told me that. And uh, supposedly it got renamed by Mark Emery. Yeah. Who wanted skunk seeds to sell in his catalog. Um, but it, it is supposedly an, an NL5. Hayes Fino, um, you know, and it was crossed to something from uh, the one that got sold from Mark Emery was crossed to something um, that Breeder Steve had. I yeah. can't remember. I could get the story. I, it's not popping up in my head right on the top of my head, but that's that's what it is. Yeah, and they're right, actually. Uh, Mr. Dink was from Kansas. That is correct. 
I don't know why I said Colorado. It got real popular in Colorado. And I think maybe he moved there. I might be wrong on that, but it got super popular in Colorado for a long time. Yeah. And yeah, Island Sweet Skunk, hybrid of Steve's uh, Sweet Skunk, and that's why he flipped out about it. Um, Sweet Skunk Widow. There we go. Sweet Skunk Widow, ISS. Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, that's what Steve says it is. And the Federation supposedly changed the name in his story. Um, but yeah, it was, I thought Golden Goat was very frosty. It was a nice, like, uh, narrow leaf dominant plant. I liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those ones that got overblown in Colorado. So a lot of people just kind of shit talked it after a time, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was decent. Um, oh. the granddaddy purple. So granddaddy purple came about, um, in the purple craze era. Mm -hmm. I would say that the probably the first two purple cuts that got famous right then uh, was my Mendo Perps and the Urkel. Um, and then right around that same time, Lavender came up. There's a debate uh, between whether or not Lavender was massively different than Urkel or was just a different little pheno. Um, yeah. My buddy that I was just talking about uh, that lives over in Lake County I remember 20, 22 years ago, something like that. Um, he had brought down the lavender from uh, uh, Myers flat area of Humboldt. And I had the Urkel and we like looked at it and it was like the same, it was like almost as close to the same weed as you could imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Granddaddy purple was supposedly that uh, Urkel by, by Big Bud. Mm -hmm. um, people have people have tried to push it on that this gentleman that disappeared sadly a long time ago from Salmon Creek that maybe it was crossed to the Salmon Creek Big Bud. People that worked for him and stuff like that said that they don't believe that because they never saw it. You know, and why wouldn't they have it if it came? Is from it there? that Chris guy? Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Chris Gacky. He disappeared in '03 or so. Um, he was murdered, uh, but they've never found him. So. Um, it's an open case still. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there's, there's different versions of, of grant of, of the origin story. I mm -hmm. will say that the origin of granddaddy purple, the origin of Urkel, uh, are all very mysterious. Yeah. There's lots of people that have tossed their hat into the ring, um, and said various things about it. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. But I don't know that, you know, it's one of it's it, for, for how popular it became. Um, you know, it's one of the ones that you really can't tie back to anyone. Yeah. Um, I know some GDP stories. I don't know if I tend to believe them, um, mm -hmm. but um, I'll tell it, you know, and people yeah, can make their decision on it. So there's this one, there's this woman that I'm friends with her family. Um, it was pretty rare to have a pretty woman growing up in Laytonville and, and uh, Mendo area. It's, we're kind of like furry, weird hippie men that do it, you know, so... Mm -hmm someone in their 20s and 30s growing. Um, supposedly there was this old Vietnam vet that brought back some some seeds from Vietnam mm -hmm. and uh, grew a bunch of hate and grew a bunch of sativas and started yeah. mixing them with local Afghans and sort of had his own which was really common at the time his own his own hill wheat. Right. Yeah. And then um, he was retiring because uh, he'd done really well and he gave he gave her a few hundred seeds of his hill, hill wheat. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, she said that she found what, what got called the GDP in the first 50 seats. Yeah. Right. Uh, later on, she partnered. I helped her build it. Actually, she partnered on a 66 lighter with uh, Ken Estes. 
Yeah. Right. I can say his full name because he's he's well known. Yeah. Um, and she gave the cut to him. Yep. She's a super anarchist, had no interest in being public or anything like that. Ken took it down to the bay and added his name to it. Of course. Uh, yeah. He's one of the first people I know of that added his name to a cut. Yep. You know, later on, other people started doing that, taking cuts that weren't theirs and throwing their name on it as part of claiming it. Yeah. Um, and he's given some mangled versions of that story I just told. Yeah. Because he didn't actually have any part to do with the origin story. He got it from my friend. Yeah. And um, the interview that I post all the time of Ken telling his origin stories, at first he says it was a, uh, a skunk from a Vietnam vet that quickly turns into a Native American, gifted it to him in front of a, um, some headlights because he was such a, a wonderful white man. Um, so, it yeah, was and so, cool. he, so he turned it into a seed line that he helpfully called Ken's GDP. Yep. Um, and all that. And so, um, but my version of it, and I knew them at the time, was that she gave it to him. Yeah. And that, you know, and this is back in the early 2000s or whatever, when everyone wanted to stay invisible, especially if you were running 60, 70 lights in the, in, off a generator in the woods. Sure. And he decided to go down and flow it into the bay and flow it into third floor and flow it into various dispensaries and made a name for himself. Yeah. So you can choose what you want to believe yeah. about all that. Um, okay, here's, here's another one that ties straight into it, and that's Grape Ape. Kyle Cushman's, is it, was he the inventor? Was it Brett Bogue from um, Apothecary? Was he the inventor of the grape no. ape? Who, who, is, who is the creator of grape ape? This might also get me in trouble. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I'll say this, okay? And I'll just let people decide. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as everyone is well aware, uh, you know, when things become famous, quickly one or two famous cuts start getting renamed or hybrids or bag seeds start getting named because there's this, there's this, you know, um, big push to have your own shit. Yeah. It happened with Kush. It happened with cookie. It happened with the purple craze. Right. Mm -hmm. So at first there was just Mendo perps and Urkel. Then all of a sudden there was Mendo perps, Urkel, grape, ape, GDP, platinum, purple, purple dragon on and on and on and on. Right. Yeah. So, uh, some people think that great grape ape, came out of Willits. Some people think that Grape Ape um, was just a rename. Okay. Yep. Um, but there's a gentleman, uh, you can find him on the internet. He, his, his name's Dallas. Um, and he partnered with, with uh, Shiloh. And mm -hmm. he claims that he flew it down from Canada uh, in cigar cases and brought the Grape Ape to Mendo. Mm. So he claims that. Okay. Um, Kyle Cushman had nothing to do with it. Other than Kyle Cushman moved to Mendo in, mm -hmm. I don't remember, 05, 06 or something like that. And became friends with Dude and got it from him. Very, very, very good. For but Kyle name. had absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. If you want to give anybody credit, it's either renamed GDP or Urkel, mm -hmm. a bag seed of such, or Homie actually did that. Yeah. You know, with a lot of these outlaw stories and stuff, it's kind of who you choose to believe. I, I remember there was also the story that it was Urkel Shiva skunk as well. And just, that's just what went around with it. I, was, I mean, me, it, me and Bodhi both referred to it as Urkel's pretty sister. It showed up after the purple craze was, I mean, I'll explain the purple craze for a minute. When I mean the purple craze, I mean that there was brokers coming up from the Bay to Mendo yeah. 
and saying, we will buy every gram of this purple weed that you can get your hands on. Yep. You have 50 of them, you have 80 of them, you have 150 of them, you have 250 of them, I'll cash you out. And so what happens to growers when they start hearing brokers want to cash you out on however much you have? Yep. And so your neighbor is like, dude, I'm having some trouble moving my weed. It's not going as fast as I want. And the neighbor's like, well, I'll give you this cut and you just give it all to me. Yeah. And I'll move everything you got of it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and then after the, a craze happens like that, um, all these different names pop up. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it went from one or two purple strains to eight or 10 of them within a year or two. Yeah. And it probably would have lasted longer, but sort of the Kush, the Kush craze and the sour diesel thing happened and sort of pushed the purples to the side. Yeah. You know? So that's All that. right. Green crack, also known as green Kush with a C. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have a verifiable story behind it. You know, I know people claim various things. You might know more about it than I do that you might want to speak on it. To yeah. me, it's some kind of skunk one. Yeah. It grows like a skunk. I don't know that yeah. it's pure skunk or anything like that, but boy, it grows. And a lot of, I think a lot of like uh, DNA's lemon skunk and all mm -hmm. that shit is just a prettier name for green crack. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, um, it was called Green Kush when it entered our circle, and I got it through the Hogs family circle. Um, so it was originally, whenever it was on the tags, it was always C-U-S-H Kush. And no, Cecil did not make Green Crack or have anything to do with it. How Cecil's name entered it, and, and me and Cecil went over this specifically, because I was one of the first people to bring Green Crack into seed form to the community and stuff. So I wanted to hunt down the history on it. And I had heard the same thing with Cecil. His crew had a seed line called Kush, C-U-S-H. And that's as far as the connection went. It was that they both had renamed Kushes. And, and, and they were both spelled C. But that's as far as the connection went. Um, I think it's probably a skunk one type because it's super mango. Um, with a little bit of cold, it would turn mega, mega purple. It also bred true for that purple trait. And it would show up genetically as opposed to just with cold in its hybrids. Um, I think I, I want to see it come back, but it's one of those clones that was everywhere and now is nowhere all at once. Um, I'll say the same thing. It, but... I'll say the same thing about, I said about blue dream, you grow a four to six or seven ounce plant of green crack. It's really nice weed. Yeah. You grow yeah. a five or eight pound plant in the outdoor and beat the fuck out of it and don't dry it the right way. Yeah. But you grow a little moderate sized plant of it. It's got really nice lemony terps. It's got a, a unique kind of aroma to it. It gets it has a nice uplifting buzz. It's very pretty. It burns well. Um, and someone mentioned it. I do think DNA's lemon skunk is just a renamed green crack that they prettied up to breed with. Probably. I mean, they were known for doing that. I mean, that, when they started their company, no offense to them or anything, they just went around Mendo and Humboldt and various places and gathered up as many good clone onlys as they could. Yeah. Well, they started their company as Soma's little, little, little buddies, and he gave them a C99 that they renamed to uh, some sort of haze, cantaloupe haze, they, I believe they yeah. called it that. Yeah. So that's, they started their company off of uh, C99 and renamed it. And when you start your company that way, it, it, there's no reason to start doing it the right way. That's the way I look at it. The seed business has never been particularly honorable. No. no. Um, we got Hog's Breath. 
Did you That's ever you, smoke buddy. No. Yeah, that was that was from That's our crew, you. our San Diego crew. It was made by Jimbo James Hogg. Rest in peace. Um, he said several different things that it possibly could have been made. Um, his big one was a, a Williams Wonder Hybrid. Um, I think personally, it was probably a skunk one, some type of Afghani. Williams Wonder would fit, or Lights would fit of some sort. Um, it could be foot funky cheese. It had a lot of the similar thiolic smells of like a chemdi or a, um, a cheese. And I've seen sweet hogs. It, it's, it's, it has very specific type growth traits on top, um, kind of foxtaily a little bit on top. Um, yeah, uh, it, w it wasn't allowed out of our circle for a long time. And once it was, it was out in everyone's hands. So yeah, I think a lot of people are working with it now and the real real ones out there. And um, even though James is gone, his family still runs the clothing company and grows and still pushes it. So yeah, it's still out there and cool to be had. There you go. Yeah, um, here's yours, headband. Well, here we go. Uh, headband, headband used to be very mysterious. Yeah. And because it was very mysterious in origin, it, it was supposedly came out of New York and there wasn't a lot of information about it, which allowed a lot of different people to be like, this cut is the real New York City headband. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, you know, I have an, I have a, I have an LA cut I call that, that you know, I got as headband. Um, you know, there's a, a headband that Loompa attached his name to. Never heard uh, of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a headband that I call the 56 day Mm -hmm. um you know there's Which a number. one that i use a lot yeah people are wondering yeah there's a there's a number of headbands um almost all of them are good smoke mm -hmm. right um but then recently it's come out and some of the old sour crew um has come out uh and said that uh um that you know the the they had these cuts diesel one and diesel two which were bag seed yeah. of some chem they were getting yeah. And um, they grew them out, and there was a buddy of theirs in New York that thought that the Diesel Two um, made their made it feel like there was a band around his head after he smoked it, and yes. so they nicknamed it the Headband. And it so happens yeah. that um, that the Diesel cut, Two, there's it so happens that that cut, uh, um, that cut is the it, the seeds coming out of that cut is where the first um is where the first sour diesel came from yeah okay so then uh 707 headband the headband that i have that i call the la um 707 is a child of that made by mandelbrot yeah. um he crossed that to something that i'm not sure of um and then you know you get things like people were you know there's people that um and who knows if that's there's 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 people that um that think that have tried to say that the one that Matt uses, what I call the 56, mm -hmm. um, is the original New York City headband, and people advertise it at that. Duke had it. They were there. The, him and his crew were big on saying it was the first headband. Um, Loompa was big on saying that his headband was the only real headband, and everything else was a pale imitation. Um, and then the sour people come out and start talking about it, and it turns out that, you know. Um, the headband they're speaking of that was the first one was not cush like at all yeah so it's one of those ones that um there was a lot of stories based on it because there was a bunch of mystery um uh, and there's also a thing about that 56 day i call it the 56 day just because that's 
it's like the least offensive nickname of it. But um, that came out of the Cush crew in Southern California and it came up to the Bay and they renamed it. Yeah. Intentionally. Lumpa's story is a bit shady. Um, <laughs> to say the he, least. He got, to say the least, and he got it and he got it and he decided to add his name to it. Yes. And ever since he's been extremely touchy <laughs> about uh, that headband has to be the best headband and everybody else is just a bitch for trying to have as good of a headband as Lumpa headband. Yeah. Um, so it's really a muddled history, you know? Yeah. Every time we talk about it, it stirs up so much shit. You guys have no fucking clue. So there's the 707 headband, which is a Mandelbrot seed creation that he used off the, the mother cut that I still have, the L.A., yeah. Um, there's a couple of what I consider to be OG Kush type phenos, which is the 56 and the Lumpa. Um, the old school guys uh, that first had the Diesel 2 in the headband, they think it's dead. Yeah. And they're suspect that it could exist on the West Coast. So like a lot of things, there's mystery. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Lumpas yeah, I mean, is... There, there was one major claim that um, Duke had bought it from Chemdog, but... I specifically asked Kim Dog about it, and he said he's never grown headband. So that that's a problem. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that when, uh, you know, when uh, Duke and, and Homie tried to work for your buddy Matt at Matt Elite, yeah, yeah, that he got it in that little era when he was in Colorado, yeah, and had no previous experience with it. Yeah. That cut that that he uses is a super super nice, very potent cut. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a just great a, cut. it's just a Kush cut. It, it's not diesel. Yeah, it's not the original head. Definitely, definitely. And they and um, you know and uh, yeah and Lumpa's headband is is a is a cut that he got under suspicious circumstances, and uh, renamed it. Yep. After himself. Yep. And uh, Mateo, yeah, uh, Hemp Hill worked with the Elite Crew, Dave. And yeah. Him, so that will do exactly what um, we're talking about. Uh, uh, IC Collective, probably Skunk VA, they all have that 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 cut kind of got pushed around the bay a bit. I think I got it in 06 maybe. Um, and uh, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I it, <laughs> it 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 it's not original headband. Um, and yeah, Duke got it when he worked with Matt Elite and uh, and Bob Hemphill in Colorado. Yeah, I'm 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 not saying nothing. I, I get blamed for every time Duke's name's mentioned. I'd say shit. Um, you got Jack's Cleaner. I don't know Nothing. shit about Jack's Cleaner, bro. My main experience with it is uh, via NCGA's work with Jack's Cleaner. I know Subcool. You know, he used it for um, Jack the Ripper. It was very cleaner, lemon cleaner type, you know, scent profile. Very strong. Um, uh, narrow leaf, super resinous, super fucking resinous. Um, and it bred true for that resin type. And you see that all through TGA's work. So yeah, um, Killer Queen. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals. And the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I don't know very much about Killer Queen. Um, I know that it was a big building block in Subcool's world, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 no, uh, yeah, I think maybe Space Queen. I, I can't remember if Killer Queen was in Space Queen. I think it was. Um, but I it's not. It's it's one of those. You might have some stories about it. I don't have any yeah. personal. Um, you know, it, it's out of that grim. It's grim brothers grim, right? Yes. Um, uh, no, 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 no. It's um, it's um, Vic High. From, Vic High. It's based on. It's based on grim work. It's based on grim work. C99 uh, Romulan. No, no, that's Space Queen. Hold on. Hold on. Bringing it back. Uh, Airborne G13 C99 Romulan, I believe. I'll say Vic High was um, Vic High was one of the most well-known uh, <coughs> early, early forum, early internet weed personalities. Yeah. Uh, he was a super nice cat. Super um, smart. Super intelligent. Intelligent, smart, uh, really made a name for himself on the early forums and the overgrow and, and cannabis world and, and that whole era. Um, uh, I never worked with it, but um, yeah. it was, uh, it, you know, he, he was very popular. He was a real smart cat. He helped a lot of people. He was nice. Um, and so it got popular off that, I believe. Yeah. Um, Lone Star who did the blue bonnet that I worked with also had a killer cut of killer queen that would go around big yielder, um, very C99 type dominant, but had, had uh, more fruity terps from all the other shit in it. Um, there was a killer queen that was later done with the supposedly the Pacific G13 by Motor Rebel that mm -hmm. was very different from the original killer queen. But the original killer queen was a BC original and it's still used to this day. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. Sweet. Lemon G. Lemon G. Uh, Lemon G is, um, you know, some people call it, some people call it Lemon G. Some people call it Lemon G13. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a really good buddy, Pip, who cropped that one for years. Yep. Uh, it's kind of, it's on that citrus level where, uh, you know, I, I view most citrus as sort of two one note for me. Yeah. You know? Um, but it was a big yielding kind of ugly, long running colas plant. Um, and it's kind of one of those weeds that people love for two or three days and then get burned out on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it. I can smell lemon G and everything lemon G is in. 
like lemon tree i'm convinced is a lemon g hybrid like it's so it's super obvious to me um yes. it's not the prettiest bud no. at all no it is it's very kind of i would consider it uh post cookie era i would consider it ugly it would, yeah it's very ugly um so it burns it's not nice. really heavily cropped yeah a lot of extract people love it you know but um yeah m39 I can yeah, never fucking remember the the code names that SSSC used. Skunk One NL5. Um, I think it's just Skunk One NL5. But it might be a Skunk One NL5 phase. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, so if, like that's that, the if that's the case, Easter. you know, I will say that you know when we talked to Carell, he was extremely honest and upfront about a lot of their various different subjects. Yeah, he did get a little cagey when I asked him about. Uh, that and the basic five and if he Correct. got any seed stock from Neville um, mm -hmm. and sort of just called it by different names at the time. Uh, he laughed and smiled and didn't say a whole lot, yeah. you know, uh, so we didn't really get any specifics from it. Um, but there's no indication that he got um, that he got, you know, any private uh, NL stock from anyone. Yep. So, you know, what are you going to say about that? Here's an interesting one. The Massachusetts super skunk. Boy. So this one has been described in other podcasts and stuff quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it's got an enormous amount of confusion about it. It's a, a, attained legendary status, uh, especially because some of the people that are involved in it are very famous. Yeah. Um, it was in high times. Uh, and uh, especially since that rank uh, roadkill skunk uh, seems to be the scam of the minute uh, where for the last five or six years people keep claiming that skunk their skunk terps are going to blow you out of the water and it's right around the corner um, I had it because the guy that went and got it from Virginia uh, crew uh, brought it west yeah um, and gave it to you know um, you know when uh, when Jerry Garcia died and skunk VA started growing uh, he got the cut from my from our buddy uh, and started growing it. He posted some pictures of it uh, on his page. Um, I believe it's in Sour Diesel. Um, you know, it's not really from Massachusetts. It got dropped off there uh, by my buddy when he got the chem dog from Dude. Um, and what's interesting about it is that the cut when uh, when Skunk VA went east and got the chem D and brought it back when we gave when uh, Greg got the dog back. Um, by that point, uh, according to, according to, uh, to our buddy, he had already lost it. And yeah. the, the, uh, Massachusetts super skunk that they posted in the, um, in the, uh, high times was a lot shorter, was a lot squatter, was a lot And that's different. the one I believe is the mom of Jeezel because Jeezel is a spitting image of that one. In the I was going to bring that up in the sense that it's more than likely bag seed. But it's one of those ones where nobody really wants to claim the truth on it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people keep popping up swearing that they have it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of MS. It's one of those ones where it's like there's a massive demand for it. But I've never seen anyone that I grew it from probably 90, I don't know, late 90s to 08-ish or something. Uh, yeah. And uh, I've never seen a jar of it yet. You know, everyone that claims yeah. that they have rank skunk and it's going to pop in their seeds. I've never seen a jar. 
I've yeah. never, you know, and you would think that it's so popular and people so want those skunk terps that all these various breeders and stuff that claim that they're going to, you're going to find a bunch of skunk in their work. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those legendary cuts now. Yeah. And most I'm people got rid of it, it because it smelled like crazy and uh, you know, and, and all that. And like the, the Massachusetts super skunk, I will say, uh, this isn't super well known, but it is not pure super skunk either. It was bred through various skunky things that SSC, SSSC had and Neville had. And then when Neville released the super skunk, they crossed that, um, that line that they already had to the super skunk. And phenos of that are what became famous. Yes, that's the latest um, the information that we got. If one of our members of our crew got directly from the guy who bought or bred, bred the, the yeah. mass super. And yeah. there's an aspect where, you know, there's like, like we were just talking about with the headbands, mystery history allows various people to make wild claims thinking that it won't ever get popped up. Um, it came out to California with my friend when the same time you brought the chem dog out and it survived amongst our crew and he grew it for some time. Um, it went to Colorado through that, that breeder's other friends and it got called skunk six out there uh, after the, the, the number of the pheno, the number of the pheno, you know, that they were growing and it's got a lot of legend to it. You know, yeah. it's probably in, it's in my opinion, it's probably in chem D it's probably, it's def I think it's in sour. Um, and a lot of people want it and it seems to not exist. Uh, you know, or maybe it exists in various forms. We'll see. Maybe it pops up one day, but, um, more people have been excited about selling the name than making sure they have it. In yeah. my opinion, people have been excited about selling the name. So I will right. say one other thing, um, that, uh, you know, uh, Neville always said that his two best selling things were super skunk and, uh, and NL5 Hayes. Yes. So there's probably a lot of super skunk out there blended into various things. I think that I personally think that super skunk is a lot of what people refer to as skunky dank um, that went around in their area was probably a pheno super skunk. I'm, I'm damn near convinced of this yeah. after seeing stuff like the old P91, um, my heirloom Afghani line, just an old Afghani line that happened to be from Florida is very super skunk like um, the clockwork cut. Um, all kinds of shit around me was super skunk. I mean, it was what we, I, I navigated to. People ask, well, how the hell could it have disappeared? And it's really simple. Yeah. Um, most skunk, you know, people think about this crazy terp. And I will say that it had the terp in spades, yeah. right? It was incredibly stinky. It was only moderate potency. It was only moderate density. You could have this big ass bud and you'd put it on the scale and you'd be like, oh, that's going to be six or seven grams. And it'd be like two and a half. Mm -hmm. you know and it was pre-carbon filters um so it got a lot of people in trouble i mean i remember driving up to my house a bunch in summer and like parking in my driveway and i could just smell it and mm -hmm. you know it was you know like i said earlier in the show uh, other things get more popular and yeah. people drop shit and then they think yeah. oh i can always get it back someone else is holding it someone else is holding it and now it's like eh. you know people yeah. can't find it you know, so, but uh, it exists in a lot of children. I definitely think it's in sour diesel. I can smell it in sour. I can even see it in sour diesel. Yeah. So, there you go. I would agree 100%. Um, 
this one's from my buddy Sub Rob. Um, the Matanuska Valley Thunderfuck. I have a cool story about that. Yeah, let, let's hear it. So it sounds to me like the Matanuska Valley Thunderfuck ends up being kind of like Crippy or Diesel or something like that in terms of it was like a name for fireweed. Yes. Right? And uh, when I was on Dead Tour, there was a buddy of ours that was from Alaska uh, and was on tour. And he would go home to Alaska in between tours. Yeah. And I gave him one time, I gave him like $1,200 for a quarter pound. Yeah. And then he didn't give me any weed for months. And I thought he jacked me. And then he called me up and he said, hey, I'm going to send you something. And he sent me this weed. And it showed up in the mail. And it was wet. Yeah. And I took it out and I dried it. And it was only like three and a half ounces. So I lost like a half ounce of weight. And it was three and a half, four months late. Uh, but he said it was Thunderfuck. And it was olive dark green with these weird hairs. And it was so good. My buddies and I kept it in the freezer and we smoked it uh, only for special occasions over the next six or eight months. Yeah. Great high, great buzz, much better weed than anything we had at the time as far as kind bud. Granted, this is when I was 17, 18, 19. So take that into account. Uh, and everyone that's claimed Matt Nuska Thunderfuck since then, none of it has looked like it. Yeah. None of it looked like the weed that I got back then one time. So, yeah. There you go. I think that's like everyone's story that I've met. There's a lot of people from Alaska that I think are very convinced that, you know, the Matt Nuska Thunderfuck that they had was the original and the only, and they can tell you all about it, you know, who grew it, who made it, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot of stories like that. And I think that it, I think they're probably all telling their own truth. You I know will, what I mean? I will say too that uh, the the package that I got mailed was mailed from Denali, Alaska post office. Yeah. Which was pretty funny. You yeah, know? that is funny. Now. Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I thought I got ripped off for months because I gave him 1200 bucks and I yeah. didn't see any weed for months. That's funny. And he kept his, he kept, the funny thing about that, this is a little bit of a side, side tangent, but he kept his... He was a native to Alaska and he kept his um, license and all that from Alaska because Alaska, native Alaskans got um, oil money yeah. every year. So even though he was on dead tour and he was like in the lower 48 most of the year, he would keep all of his shit at his parents' house and just go back there in between. And he would get like between a two and a $5,000 check every year. Yeah. Isn't that fucking wild? One of my friends uh, in high school got shipped out to Alaska we were a bunch of punk rock kids and he got in trouble. He got in a lot of trouble one day doing some punk rock things and uh, got shipped out to Alaska for a few years and he came back and he was the first person to like talk to me about some strain that was like, he's like, bro, hugest THC numbers ever. It's called the, the Matanuska Valley Thunderfuck, you know, and he had this big tale of, of, uh, you know, this very special potent weed that was out there in Alaska, you know, and I was always trying to figure out more about this thing. And as I, as I kept digging deeper and deeper, I, I learned that there were several people with several claims to several thunderfucks out there. The more you dig into different. it, the wider the story becomes. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Lots of bikers involved in most of them. Let's um, put it that way. So it's hard to say yeah. if it was a one thing or it was just a regional name like Maui Wowie, like Crippy. Even my yeah. buddies, everyone thinks about diesel as sour diesel now. But, you know, in the mid 90s or whatever, the only reason why it got called Sour Diesel was because the guy wrote Our Diesel. Yeah. Because diesel was slang for fire weed in New York City in that time. 
Yeah. And my friends that live there said that you got all kinds of diesels. Because that was the that was the name. And I think Thunderfuck is a bit like that. But there you yeah. go. Yeah. You know? Have you have you ever heard of sour diesel being called the cock diesel? Have you ever heard that? No. Okay. Maybe and I've talked I've talked <laughs> I've talked to almost everyone at length in the sour diesel original family. Mm-hmm. You know? Um and I I I never heard cock diesel but you know there you go yeah yeah i don't know why that's in my memory bank but yeah that's one of the names in my memory bank maybe that's a secret they kept amongst the boys yeah just a few of the boys just a few (laughs) of the boys you know yeah just a few just a few of the bros okay so we're almost two hours in and we are only like a portion of the way through this list um so it'll probably be a few episodes well keep it going historical yeah, um, I think that'll be fun. Um, I, I need to announce a few things. We have Breeder Syndicate 2.0 up. Um, so the, the audio podcast is back. It's rolling. Uh, a lot of new things are rolling with that. Um, so it's available on any podcast software. Make sure you look for the new logo. It's white and pink right now. We're developing some other new logos that are pretty cool. We have a lot of new cool things going on with it. Um, we have the Breeder Syndicate Patreon where we all hang out. You can come hang out with us there. Um, we have a Discord, and we're there all the time taking questions uh, for seeds. There's riotseeds.com. Um, we have my seeds and my uh, reversal spray available. Uh, not so. Anything you want to plug? I'm not really big on plugging publicly. Uh, I mean, I will say, like as always, that like I uh, I'm super stoked that everybody likes to listen. We're definitely trying to bring like culture and history. That's mostly what we're into. I think a lot of like podcasts end up being sort of like infomercials about people, which isn't necessarily bad, but like there's a lot more diversity in cannabis world, cannabis culture, you know, historical, um, that isn't like just about making people look good, you know? Yeah. So we all, we're, I always appreciate people coming out, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, you always can reach, you can always reach me through DM on IG. You can always reach me on, uh, I answer a lot of questions. I try to get to everyone. Sometimes I get, I get swamped, you know, I have a life too and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we are, we are thinking about, um, you know, it's one of the reasons why we talk about some of these old things is that we think they're going to make a comeback. Perhaps I am thinking about, uh, you know, doing some, like, uh, doing some, you know, I've never been really a public breeder and I'm Matt has been trying to convince me to open myself up to lots of criticism and hate and people throwing things at me. I write his, I write his phone number in every bathroom stall. I can't. Uh, you know, so people, so, so, but then there's a lot of things that like, you know, I've always bred for stuff that I love. And so I don't know. Um, I've been thinking about maybe, you know, doing some, uh, doing or releasing some stuff that might be very different than what is currently out there. Um, and I don't know if people would be into it or not, but it's, it's always been sort of a, you know, a passion thing for me or whatever. So, uh, you know, we'll, uh, um, how far did we get on the fucking list, dude? We got pretty far in, but there's a lot that like people are talking about that I've been writing down that I want to go back and touch on too. There Uh, was, I will say there was a, there was a shit ton of really good questions this week. A lot of them I missed because it's, it's, you might, it's like rubbing your head and patting your stomach at the same time it's really hard to like talk intelligently in a flowing form and then yeah. think about like four or five cool questions all at the same time that you see scroll by. So uh, Matt's been taking notes. We'll try to get, we'll try to expand it. 
And this show is, you know, as much as it's about us talking about random weed shit that we do all week anyway, it's for you guys too. So hit us up all the time with questions or, you know, or ideas or thoughts on like what yes, you might want to hear, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not like that. That's the whole thing. People, you know, uh, Caleb, Matt, other people, they've been trying for years to not only get me to talk, but to get me to like publicly release stuff. And it's like, it's kind of a bitch being a public reader. So yeah. I've been kind of hesitant <laughs> to like open myself up to like a bunch of criticism and assholes. Um, yeah. But I might, I don't know. You he know, deserves there's, it. He there's a lot of, feel it. there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of cool things I think that get passed over with fads. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we are almost at two hours. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we could, we're thinking about having Shaw on next week. That's uh, right. We, we could continue this. Um, we could, you know, two hours is kind of long, uh, but maybe we'll figure out a format to do the rest of them fairly soon. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. And if you're a part of the Patreon and um, the discord and you want to give us some other ideas for other clones you'd like to hear about from that era, just throw it up in there. We'll see it. Yeah. I mean, discord is definitely a much easier way for us to converse back and forth, especially individual you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, you don't have to, but it just, it's, it's easier. You can always reach out to IG, but sometimes I get buried. Yeah. So okay. there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. We we'll try to keep it in. at two hours. So we'll, we'll keep this going. I'm glad everybody liked chatting about old stuff. As always, we super appreciate your Friday night. Um, yeah, and everyone have a killer weekend. Yeah. Cheers. Want more Breeder Syndicate? Be sure to check out our Patreon by going to Google and searching Breeder Syndicate Patreon. We have a secret Discord where we are available at most times and interact daily. There are a lot of perks to be had there, so check it out. Need seeds? Check out riotseeds.com where you can get our seeds and our reversal spray for making your own feminized seeds. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.